0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. All right, uh, welcome to the show, Chris street soccer here on the Sports Byline USA broadcast network. And, of course, coming to you on Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Gieber. He is Kartik Krishnaya, and it's such a pleasure to be with you as we present our patented professional pundits' prognostication of the Premier League show. We should probably do something with, like, echo and gongs and I don't know. But, Kartik, it's yeah. Friday. It's time for our Premier League show.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to spending uh... – The the evening talking to Premier League, real quickly before we get to the Premier League, really uh, exciting game today between two former Premier League teams, two teams that were in the Premier League last year, uh, Cardiff and Fulham, which ended 1-1. I enjoyed that match and then really enjoyed the Bundesliga match uh, where – Leipzig beat and Gladbach 3 3-1 away from home. People are saying Leipzig might be a title contender this year. I hadn't bought it. I said it's Dortmund versus Munich, but they've they've come out, nine points in their first three games, scoring goals. Timo Werner, who just signed a contract extension this week, sometimes after guys sign contract extensions, they're not motivated. He scored five goals in the last two matches since he signed that contract extension, and he's not going to Bayern Munich. So that's cool. uh, really good news, and that was a fun game. So... Uh, uh, two big uh, games in other leagues, and now let's move on to the Premier League.
0: Yeah, we do have a lot of matches to talk about. Now we've already given you a couple of tickled, a couple of previews. We did the uh, Newcastle. Um, uh, who was playing? It's Watford. Newcastle at St James's Park. Yeah. Uh, And we talked about Arsenal-Tottenham at the Emirates. But we're going to talk more about those two matches, as well as the whole slate of Saturday matches, uh, including Man United-Southampton, Chelsea-Sheffield United. Uh, We talked Newcastle-Watford, obviously. Uh, Burnley are going to be facing Liverpool. Uh, Palace-Aston Villa, West Ham-Norwich. City, I believe, are hosting Brighton, isn't that right? Correct, yes. And uh, Leicester City are hosting Bournemouth. So we'll go through those, as well as... Uh, the rest of the matches, including Everton Wolves, etc., uh, etc. Et all right, uh, we're going to give you all the matches. We're going to give you our take, our prognostications, and should you be a betting man or woman, uh, we will give you the tools you need to become an instant millionaire. Well, maybe not, but at least have some fun with it. All right, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, uh, as well. If you're listening on uh, iHeartRadio Radio or TuneIn or the award-winning SiriusXM app, as well, we welcome you to the show. Uh, big hello to Kerry listening somewhere out there in Radio Land, and of course, we're here with you every day, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, bringing you the best of the beautiful game. Right, time for a break. We'll be right back after this. All right, you're back with Nick and Kartik here on 5th Street Soccer. Before we get into the great Premier League football ready that is going to be there with us this weekend, it is it's happening. The other football is here. It's the new season. It's right around the corner. Antonio Brown, he's on the Raiders. LeVon Bell's with the Jets. Odell Beckham, well, he's in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, though, it's where I'm putting my money down on all the NFL games, as well as, I might add, the Premier League games as well. MyBookie.com, it's the place to bet on football every weekend. Because, folks, MyBookie.com has the better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period, end of story. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. The first place is guaranteed to win at at least 100000 bucks, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week, and you can climb the leaderboard and score your way to a huge share of that massive cash prize pool so now go to my bookie sign up for the super contest or just sign up for the season uh, they're going to double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars first deposit bonus if you use your promo code five street that's five s-t-r-e-e-t to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code five street and uh use that when creating your account to claim the bonus and uh, bet win and get paid. Kartik, something I like to do as well. So let's look at the Premier League matches coming up this uh, this weekend. Uh, shall we start? Because we've got a lot of matches to get to, and uh, we never have enough time, seemingly, to get to this. Uh, this is a fascinating match, the uh, Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. That is the wee hours of the morning match. Or is that Eastern time, Kartik?
1: 7.30 Eastern time.
0: Yeah, so it's the 4.30 in the morning I'll be getting up at four thirty actually to watch this one. say so St Mary's is Southampton against United and Kartik, The lines opened on this one pretty interestingly. Southampton were plus three ninety three and United were minus one twenty four Can you believe that the lines right now you can get right now today this very minute, okay at one of at my bookie and, and other places plus two forty five for Southampton and plus one o three for United. This line is tightening and, and I wonder if the if the odds makers are showing just a little bit of a hesitancy with this United team Kartik. I mean, you know, you and I have spoken about them. I think that's a bit unfair. I'm I'm surprised they're not bigger favorites. I imagine if it was at Old Trafford they would be. But this is a way at St. Mary's.
1: Yeah, and and I guess there's there's a, a uh seemingly a um an assumption that Southampton has been hard done by the results they've gotten thus far and that they're actually better uh than than their results indicate. Now that that's possible. Um however I think what we're definitely seeing at this point is um a team in Southampton that has a lot of new faces, that has had to adjust the way uh Nathan Redmond has played. Now he's back out wide where he should have been in the first place, Hassan Hooten. Have this idea that he wanted to play him as number 10 because he wanted him to get more touches, which I get. You know, yeah. sometimes the guy who, who does, who's the most exciting player on your team, you want to get more touches, but he's too small and, uh, to play in, in the middle. And also, um, that negates his, his pace advantage. So he's back out wide. Um, uh, it's interesting. Danny Ings, I think, has gotten off to a good start. And we're assuming we're, that the Southampton team's going to get better and better. But we have no real definitive evidence they will, and this feels like a game coming off of that loss at Old Trafford against Palace, where United will bounce back, uh, get a couple goals and and, uh, and get the three points I'm gonna say, uh, i 'm going to say two one I like Rashford to score, and, and let 's say uh, Martial's kind of a doubt because of that uh, that injury picked up late in the match so uh, well, let 's say Pogba gets a goal well
0: interestingly enough, you know when you look at these two teams first of all. <laughs> These are teams that are going in the opposite direction, and I'll tell you what I mean. Okay, Southampton started off getting tonked away at Burnley. Uh, United yeah. started off tonking Chelsea at Old Trafford. Uh, then uh, United drew Wolves at uh, Molyneux, and uh, Liverpool. Uh, uh, pardon me, and Southampton lost at St. Mary's to Liverpool 2-1. But then Southampton went away at Brighton and Man United lose away at Crystal Palace. So they're like ships passing in the night, but they are really going in opposite directions. Now, history would bear out an interesting result for this one because uh, the last time they played was back in March, United beat Southampton 3-2 at Old Trafford, and then before that right. in December, actually, it was a 2-2 draw. So I, wouldn't, I I understand why this line is tightening up a little bit, uh, Kartik. but I'm with you. I think United are better than they showed, Uh, In the last match, and I think that this is going to be a United win. You're saying 2-1, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say 2-1. I do like Hasenhutl as a manager, though. I think he's going to be great over the long term. They're they're always a fun and exciting team to watch. Uh, The consensus on this one is, um, let's have a look. Man United will win, and it's going to go over. So that's what the bookie's consensus is. And uh, wow, not a lot of goals, by the way. I want to say that the uh, uh, under two and a half goals is paying plus 100 right now. I might take that. Mm. I might take that because this could well be a one nil. The question is, how many goals are United capable of scoring? We did see the four goals in the first day of, of, of the Premier League, though. So I suppose if they get the burr up their backside, they are capable of scoring a lot of goals.
1: Yeah, I, I think they have the ability to be a really good counter-attacking team with Pogba, with Martial, with Rashford, uh, with Lingard when he's playing well. Uh, but I, without Lukaku, and maybe uh, we'll talk a little bit about him uh, later in the show, uh, they uh, they don't have that ability, I think, to control play and really dominate in the final third. They're, they're almost going to play on the break more often than not.
0: Well, we will have to see. Uh, so we're both going to go. You're, you're saying, what, 2-1? I think I'll probably go with you 2-1. on that. So I would actually yeah. recommend yeah. taking Perfect. the over at that point because I think it's two and a half. We, we ascertained on that one. So let's move on to the next match because, quite honestly, uh, United-Southampton is an interesting match that i want to watch, but it's not one that's sort of going to keep me up at night. Fascinatingly enough, the next match is, uh, and it's Chelsea hosting Sheffield United, the Blades which is always a fun, will be a fun match to watch. Um, It's at Stamford Bridge, and of course there is only one name that I'm interested in in this entire match, and that's Christian Pulisic. I couldn't care less about anybody else or anything else that happens because I watch the NBC coverage, and that's how I'm told to think.
1: Yeah, he's the only player we care about. Who cares about Mason Mount? Uh, who's uh, scored now two or three goals in the season. What is got his England call-up, right? Yeah, just got called into the England team. Who cares about Tammy Abraham? Homegrown product at Chelsea. Uh, first homegrown product that they've had as a striker since, jeez, I, I mean, since the 1980s, I think. Uh, who scored two goals last week. Who cares about them? Who cares about the opposition? It is Pulisic. He is world-class. He is a phenom. I was watching NBC, so I, I know my talking points.
0: Well, let me put it to you this way, Kartik. Well, Do you know the last time that Sheffield United beat Chelsea? I do not. Okay, you got to go back to uh, the 27th of November, 1993, at Bramall Lane, Sheffield United notching up a 1-0 victory against Chelsea. And by the way, I might say that back in May of 93 as well, they also beat them 4-2, also at Bramall Lane. But look, um, you know, the, uh, Chelsea are going to be the prohibitive favorites for this match and let's take a look at what the odds are on this one because I will be shocked if uh, Chelsea or anything yeah Chelsea are minus 349 and Sheffield United plus 1142 Kartik I think that those are decent odds and they're there for a reason I love Sheffield United I think this team is going to struggle a little bit on and off in the Premier League, although so far they've done well, most notably the 1-0 victory against Crystal Palace. They did manage to score against Leicester, and they did manage to score against Bournemouth. So scoring goals isn't necessarily a problem. Uh, Chelsea's just going to be too much for them, particularly at Stamford Bridge. I'm going to actually say 3-1 Chelsea for this match, Kartik.
1: I'm going to say 3-1 Chelsea as well. I I love the way Chelsea's playing uh, uh, going forward. Uh, Defensively, they still have some issues, but... uh, I think the midfield for Chelsea is especially good. It's one of the better midfields in the, in the uh, league, even though uh, there were so many questions. You know, everyone overreacts after one or two matches in the league. Uh, but I think that they, uh, they will win this game. I will say 3-1 also. All right,
0: we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll get it going with some more matches. We'll go to Selhurst uh, where Crystal Palace are going to host Aston Villa and to the King Power, Leicester Bournemouth, Man City, Brighton, Whole slate on tap. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show. Nick and Kartik with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 and American Forces and iHeart and TuneIn and Sirius XM app and, gosh, I don't know, everywhere you want to be, that's where we are. We are giving you our patented (coughs) professional Premier League pundits prognostications, and we have moved all the way along now to the third match of Saturday. We are going to look at Crystal Palace, Aston Villa. This is at Selhurst Park. Um, interestingly enough, Kartik, coming into last weekend, we were all pretty sure that Crystal Palace were absolutely an implosion, having a huge, huge implosion, and that they were basically going to be fighting relegation. Then, of course, they had this m- miraculous victory at Old Trafford, uh, which wasn't really miraculous in fairness. I mean, they, I thought they outplayed Man United actually and deserved the win. Yeah. Away and now they're being looked at very, very differently. I mean, it, partly because I think Zaha had uh, somewhat of a breakthrough um, performance. In other words, we weren't seeing a great sulk, we were seeing a player who was out there to prove himself. We were seeing uh, glimpses of, or oh, not glimpses, we saw a match <laughs> of the Zaha that we're used to seeing. And I think, you know, as Zaha goes, on that mic. as Zaha goes, Sorry. so does Crystal Palace. Um, Aston Villa, though, you know, they've, look, they're a promoted team. We know they spent a lot of money in the Premier League. Promoted teams always have trouble. One of the things that's impressed me about Villa, unlike Palace, is Villa has scored in every game they've played so far. I think this is going to be a pretty fun match, Kartik. And I had to really give a little thought as to who I thought would win this one. And for me, I'm actually coming up with a draw on this one. I'm thinking this is a score draw at 1-1. How do you like
1: this one? Yeah, same exact thing. That's funny. We're we're, we're on the same page so far today with all three picks. I think uh, Palace, uh, you said as Zaha goes, goes Palace. I I agree. Uh, There was some talk he might get a move this week. The PSG of all places did not happen. Um, He's staying put. And then, obviously, Villa now has scored in every match. They have looked especially good. Uh, going forward in the second half of matches, uh, these last two matches, Wesley looks like a really nice player. Trezeguet, another new addition, yeah. another guy coming from outside of England, has played very well out wide, and uh, uh, Douglas Louise. Beginning to find his form uh, in that midfield, and they've got a lot of depth too with all the guys they've bought. Uh, so I think I think a draw is the easy is the safest call here. One one.
0: Yeah, I think the draw is the safest call, Kartik. And right now, the best draw price is at plus two thirty eight. So you get some decent money for the draw. Um, I think that's a place to go for this game. Um... You know, it's funny. We talked about you know, about this sort of Crystal Palace resurgence and Zaha, but then, but then, you know, how quickly we forget. They didn't score against Colchester in the League Cup, right? <laughs> I mean, so, right. You know, yeah. they were good defensively, but you know, it's scoring is what it's about in the Premier League. And of course, last week uh, Villa beat Everton. You know, it's it's so hard to, to predict this one, but I think a score draw is definitely the place to go. Should we go to the King Power, where it's Leicester hosting Bournemouth up next? Leicester, yes. while well, they've had a pretty good start to the season, uh, Brendan Rogers showing why he's considered uh, the best uh, sort of crop of young British managers. And, and you know, uh, as, as much as I like to harass Brendan, I don't know if there's any other way to say it right, uh, does a good job. So... Uh, uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, Lester is probably um, the favorite here. But as I've said many times on this show, Leicester has a very, very young team, an exceptionally yeah. young team, a team whose entire core, with the exception of one or two guys, is under the age of 23. So you're going to see some inconsistency. Bournemouth has looked good uh, at times this season. Charlie Daniels is injured, though. That was a pretty devastating-looking injury last week. I do think Leicester wins this. I'm going to go 2-1. I'm going to say
0: 2-0 for the Foxes for me on this one, actually. And I'm just looking to see what the odds are currently on this. Let's have a look. Leicester-Bournemouth. Here we go. 2-1. Well, Leicester are playing minus 128. Actually, it's the spread's increased, so it looks like the bookies are... Really thinking more and more. This is a Leicester win at minus 142. Bournemouth plus 406 for the win. The draw plus 306. Yeah, you and I agreement. This is going to be a Leicester City match. Uh, I see that one happening. Our next one at the Etihad, where your boys get really what they what they rather desperately need at this point, uh, Kartik. Uh, a, a fairly well. What one could say is um, an easy match, shall we say? against Brighton Hove Albion. I mean, they're coming off the uh, 3-1 away, uh, tonking of Bournemouth. Uh, it's nice for them to host uh, Brighton, although Brighton, you know, haven't looked all that bad. I mean, they started the season well, uh, beating Watford, but, you know, we're seeing all sorts of problems at Watford. Uh, then they drew West Ham, and they lost at home to Southampton. I mean, this is a City victory. There's not an awful lot to talk about on this game. I don't see an upset here. This, is, this, is, this for me, is not an upset. Uh, this is not Tottenham.
1: Yeah, but we could see um, Grand Potter's, uh, you know, how, how willing to go after City he is because he's changing the style of Brighton, uh, very different than Chris Hew- Hewton, uh who played defensively, was very pragmatic. Now, this could mean Brighton goes down, but there's going to be more entertaining football. Um, I like Brighton to get a, a goal or two in this. I think it'll be, uh, I'm going to say 2-1 for Manchester City. Oh, really?
0: City. I mean, look, I mean, I mean, don't Brighton like to play out from the back? they do. Yeah. They like to play out from the back. And, you know, City's going to press them, going to force so many errors. Raheem is going to cut this team to absolute pieces. I'm going to limb
1: here. I'm going to say another hat trick for Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I think he'll have at least one of the goals. Um, Yeah. So, uh, you know, Sterling has scored in every match this season, including the Community Shield uh so that's four successive matches he's a. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to see what kind of streak he can put together uh, uh assuming well in matches he plays because I, I assume he won't play in League cup matches I, i'm not. actually
0: I, you know i i'm gonna look and see what the odds on the golden boot for raheem sterling are this season i would not be shocked if
1: he wins it yeah i wouldn't be either and this is such um a turnaround uh, or it's not really a turnaround. Okay, he's always had this these gifts, uh, but the media has had uh, some sort of issue with uh, uh, putting him on the level that he should be at in terms of his quality, in terms of his productivity. So uh, a lot of them are still reluctant to. Uh, this is why the odds might be quite good for you, Nick. Because That's what I'm a lot thinking. of them are still. Yeah, yeah, quite reluctant to, to anoint him in that in that category of footballer. But I don't know what more evidence they need. I don't well, know what, what, what they're more waiting you want? for.
0: What, what, what more do you want from these people? And you know, at what point can you look at a player and say, when we first started looking at Raheem Sterling, he was a boy. Okay, yeah. he was a boy. Was he 17, 18 years old, Kartik?
1: Yeah, when Brendan Rogers, uh, Right. You know, brought him into that Liverpool team. He, he was, was a, number 31, if I recall. I he mean,
0: was, was full yeah. of attitude, full of himself, you know, from the wrong part of town. Boy. And and he has developed and matured into a man. And he is very, very skilled and very athletic and very quick. And at what point do you uh, – at w- what point can one redeem one image and one's image? And, and at what point do the media have to look at themselves and say, you know, we should not be setting people's – Image from how they
1: are as seven, at seventeen years old. I mean, come yeah. on. And how many English players uh, in, in recent years have broken in and had such an impact uh, at that young uh, young an age? Remember the thirteen, fourteen uh, Liverpool season when it was Suarez, it was a uh, Suarez, uh, Sterling, and uh, and and Sturridge, right? The three S's. Yeah. And he held his own among that triumvirate. No, he wasn't. Uh, as accomplished as those other two guys, it's now kind of laughable that we mentioned Daniel Sturge in that, in that class because, you know, these, <laughs> you think now and you're looking at the fact that Bobby Firmino and, and Sadio Mane and, and, and Mo Salah just make uh, Sturge look like a very one-trick pony, one-dimensional very player. Very much so. But... but, yeah, I mean, Sterling was in, it was elevating to that category of footballer at 19. Agree. Not many uh, guys do that.
0: I am. I am, and of course, he's a former Liverpool player. He snubbed his lows at my team. I should hate him as a Liverpool supporter, but I don't. I've got a lot of admiration for this young man. Uh, you know how he has matured in the face of uh, an outcry of of sort of media adversity. I think is testament to his character, and also, and I'm going to go and I'm going to give kudos here an incredible testament to Pep Guardiola's ability to uh, mentor uh players and have players trust him and his judgment and and I think yes. it really is why he is one of the great managers of the world today.
1: Yeah, his man management is one of the things that sets him apart because I think uh yes tactics and perfection we hear a lot talked about with Pep Guardiola, but there are a lot of good tactical managers, but what I what I've heard particularly from his time at Bayern and now at Manchester City is the man management. Uh, Pep Guardiola is second to none. Yeah. That elevates him above the other elite managers. But, but you, you know, w- w- what that
0: becomes, Karthik, is it becomes a force multiplier, right? Because you've got you've got someone that can take a talent at the team. A talent, by the way, that Brendan Rodgers wasn't capable of developing, let's be honest, right? Yeah. And you can take that diamond in the rough and you can polish it and make it a very valuable stone. And, and you know, we have that with Jurgen Klopp, clearly, at Liverpool now, right? We haven't had yeah. that in the past at Liverpool. You have that with Pep Guardiola. That is why a top-level manager is worth so much more. That is why an Arsene Wenger can look at a Thierry Henry and say, hey, I'm going to move your position, and I'm going to turn you into one of the greats of the game. That, if anything, might be a failing of Jose Mourinho's, who tactically may be quite brilliant, and maybe brilliant on the market, knowing what players to buy and how to assemble a team, but maybe, just maybe a guy who's lost it in the man management department. Maybe we can pick up this discussion on the other side of the break as we'll look at the remaining matches of the weekend in the Premier League. This is Fifth Street Soccer. I'm Nick Gieber. He's Kartik Krishnaya. Find us on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports. Find us in the studio if you'd like to give us a call, 800-878-7529. We will be right back after these messages. Hope you'll stay with us. Good. All right, welcome back. History Soccer, Nick and Kartik. We're breaking down the Premier League matches uh, this weekend. We've done most of them, we have about another three or four left to do. Uh, including a couple that we've spoken about before, which is good because we can get into a little bit more detail on those matches. But, Karthik, before we uh, went to break, we were wrapping up our Man City Brighton prognostication. Um, We did not give a score. I'm going to give a score, and you're going to like this score. Uh,
1: 5-1. Wow. I said 2-1 because I think... uh... I think Man- Manchester City will control the action, but they'll score two goals early, kind of take their foot off the gas, and then uh, Brighton will get a goal back, let's say from Neil Maupay coming off the bench. No. Nope. Giving you a little bonus pick as to who might score for Brighton.
0: I think this is going to be a tonking of rather epic proportions. I think City are due to deliver that to somebody. Um, I think Brighton will become the unfortunate victim <laughs> of bad timing. Um as, you know, City look, they beat Bournemouth away three one. I, I still think I still think that two two draw at home against Tottenham, um with all the VAR stuff, I I think they're well over that, but I, I just think that they're <clears throat> they feel they've got <coughs> hey, excuse me i 'm choking, but I, I still think that sticks in their craw, and they 're out to prove a point, and I think that they want to run up the score. I think Brighton are going to be the recipients of that. All right. Uh, we will see though a couple of the, the more exciting matches this weekend, and I know you know we 've talked about United and we've talked about uh, and we 've talked about <laughs> Manchester City and we 've talked about Chelsea and Sheffield, but actually these are sort of some of the unsung, really fascinating matches. Uh, the three matches that we're going to cover that don't involve big teams right now. Newcastle-Watford at St. James's Park. We've talked about this match. Uh, this is possibly a must-win for Harvey Garcia at Watford. Of course, this is not uh, at Vicarage Road. This is at St. James's Park. And by the same token, Steve Bruce is going to want to see another result on top of last week's result to build some momentum, to get out of the bottom three, to make a point. I think he's got a better squad than people give him credit for. And as you and I have spoken about, Karthik, uh, Watford's uh, missing both the leadership and on-field generalship of Troy Deeney very, very badly.
1: Yeah, and, and I think they're going to really need him uh, to come back at some point. Uh, the, the production from their attacking players has not quite been there this season. Uh, they signed Danny Welbeck on a freeze. Some of us thought maybe that would be a really good signing. Uh, it hasn't been so far, so uh, they need Deeney not only for his goals but for his leadership. Uh, I think uh, uh, Newcastle, though, um, is also in a position where the pressure is off a little bit. So yeah. how loosely they play, um, Joel Linton, their uh, their their record Brazilian signing, uh, also look has look, looked really good last week. Yeah, not only he's goal, starting just to
0: look the part, isn't he, Kartik? I mean, the first couple of games, um, you know. You That's, didn't get any service. He didn't yes, get any so service. He looked it. stranded. He looked like he didn't know. He looked like he was just really getting used to, uh, <clears throat> you know, the, um, the league. The league. But the bad news is he's currently suffering from a groin, tight groin, and he is only seventy-five percent for the weekend. By the
1: way. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I, I knew he was suffering an inju- injury. injury that—that could be a big, big problem. However.
0: It's very possible they're going to be able to feel Almiron and Joe Linton as they're both 75%. Generally, that means they're probably going to play him, but they'll watch him closely. Uh, Look, I I think Newcastle are going to win this game. I think this is more problems for Javi Garcia. Um, You know, whether or not he deserves to get the sack uh, four games into the season, I guess if it's, uh, you know, if it's uh, four strikeouts, maybe he does. What do you
1: think? Uh, no, I mean, I thought even De Boer, who's now obviously managing Atlanta United and has won his collecting trophies pretty <laughs> pretty easily, it looks like, at Atlanta. They won again yeah. this week, U.S. Open Cup. That's their second trophy of the year. Um, he got the sack after four matches at Palace. I thought that was really harsh, especially because he had tried to change the style of play, um, and you can't do that in a month. Now, with Gracia, they ended last year poorly in the Premier League. We keep hearing that. We also seem to forget the fact that they ended the year poorly in the Premier League because they had made the FA Cup final. Correct. And uh, they had a dramatic 120-minute uh, victory against Wolves uh, in the semifinal at Wembley. So I, I think he he's earned enough credit, and most clubs would not sack him, but of course this is – um the infamous uh, Pozo family. Not, I mean, they're not. They're great owners in some respects, but infamous in terms of sacking managers. So, uh, he very well might be gone if they don't win this. I, I would not sack him, but he could be gone.
0: If I'm looking at Watford, I mean, the problem I have is that they've scored one goal in three matches. Uh, you right. know, uh, that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, that's. Uh, I said that earlier in the show. You have to score matches in the Premier League. Period. End of story. You have to score right. goals, and 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 if you can't. You can defend as well as you want, but you have to put goals on the other side to get the points. And and they're just not seeing it. They're they're not good enough to hold any of the big teams or the top ten teams at this point to sort of scoreless draws and and, and eke a point here or there and and, and nudge their way up the bottom of the table. Uh, They have to be able to score goals to beat teams like uh, Norwich and Villa and Wolves uh, and Bournemouth and Sheffield. And, And I don't see them able to score those goals. So, I mean, I think they're in real trouble until... A some of the players they brought in uh, start actually performing, or B they get Troy Deeney back, and he can uh, because apparently they don't need a manager;
1: they just need Troy Deeney. Yeah, and he he's been a survivor amongst every manager. And the thing about Deeney also is that oftentimes new managers have come in and put him on the bench, and then within a couple of weeks they've realized he needs to be playing uh, because he's six months younger than I am because they've gone through more managers. Yeah, yeah, Watford's gone through. Through, like i mean they haven't had a manager last more than uh two seasons since uh i think since AB, a, boothroyd who coached coaches the england youth teams back in the uh 2006 2007 oh, I mean, boothroyd? Yeah. Just, mm, yeah. yeah yeah they they they've just they've just cycled through managers um so um I think they have all kinds of problems. Uh, yeah. And uh, well, uh, we'll see if they're patient if he doesn't win this. Well, one. Well,
0: let's have a look. The odds on this one are very simple. They are Watford are uh, the long shot at uh, plus one sixty seven. Uh New- Wow. And Newcastle plus one sixty eight. These odds are very close. Uh, I yeah. think the odd, the bookies are liking uh, possibly a draw on this one. Um, I don't see a draw here. I think this is a home win for Newcastle. I, no, pardon me. I, I, I don't see a home win for Newcastle. I actually think this is a draw. This is a 1-1 one, one draw.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we said last night. I'm, yeah. I'm sticking with that. I and think by the way, when right. we
0: did, because I have this written down, I want to say the draw, this is how this is tightened, because when I when I gave these odds out, I said this was going to be a draw and it was plus two twenty four. It's tightened so much because right now the draw is plus two ten. So I, I think the book the bookies agreeing with us. I, I like this one one we'll point each. Uh, uh, Garcia will earn at least a reprieve for another match or two, and uh, we'll go from there. A match I really am looking forward to is the next one. Um, you know, this is probably going to be one of the most entertaining matches of the weekend at the London Stadium. It's West Ham hosting Norwich. Uh, Pellegrini has a team that can come out and play some really high-flying football with a lot of attack, and so can Norwich. Norwich only know how to attack. They don't really know anything else. This is going to be a clash of two cruisers, uh, to use a sort of World War Two naval analogy. They're not battleships, don't get me wrong, but these they do like to scrap. This is going to be a fun game. It's at the London Stadium. Uh, I do think West Ham are going to edge this one,
1: though. Uh, yeah, I like West Ham in this match. I'm going to say 3-2. I, this is going to be a high-scoring match. Yeah. A lot three, of goals. Yeah. A lot, I, I, a lot of, you know, yeah. Holler and Pookie both will, will score. We know that. Yeah. And, uh, I like Cantwell on Norwich to get the other goal for them. And I'll say, I'll say Holler has a brace and, uh, uh Fernandez or, 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 someone else on, uh, on West Ham gets the winner. I think this is going to, this might be the best game to watch all week.
0: I think it's so too. most entertaining. This is going to be a wildly entertaining game uh I'm happy it's not falling at the same time as the Liverpool match, which is not going to be as wildly of an entertaining game as this to be honest with you uh yeah two one uh i I, I say take the over on oh pardon me, three and a half the best under is under three and a quarter, so three is the goal line that two one is a score line. I think I like that I think two one is a half decent score line for this uh West Ham Norwich game, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 3-2. 3-2, fair enough. But there will be a lot of goals, and it will be played at a frenetic pace, rest assured. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one. Um, it is Burnley. Uh, it's Turf Moor. Burnley are going to be hosting Liverpool. I'm um, um, 2-1 Liverpool. Uh, maybe 2-0. Uh, no, Liverpool aren't really keeping that many clean sheets these days. Let's say 3-1 Liverpool.
1: Yeah, that that's about right. Uh, Ashley Barnes with the goal for Burnley taking his stump from the England team and, and trying to prove a point to uh, uh, to Gareth Southgate, Liverpool with three goals. We know Mane or, or Salah will feature in in one or more of them. Uh, I, I'd like, also like to see Oxley chamberlain if he gets a, a run-out, maybe get a goal, get back into among the scorers in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I would like that too. I mean, Burnley had a decent outing against you know, where the Molyneux. They got a draw, and of course they had... Uh, a loss at the Emirates. Uh, but this is at home for Bowling. This is, uh, right? This is, I said this is. Yeah, yeah, this, this is at Turf Moor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a 3-1. Uh, this is a 3-1 game. I'm pretty sure yeah. of that. Um, and finally, we will move along. We've got some more games here. Um, Everton Wolves at Goodison Park. This is an interesting match, actually, because Wolves are dealing with the Europa League, and uh, they got a somewhat... You know, bigger squad. um, An Everton, uh, all right at home, I guess, you know. Um, What do you think of the League Cup result against Lincoln? But it was against Lincoln, right? I mean, what does that mean? What does that tell you?
1: Well, I mean, they shipped a goal early and then um, shipped another goal in the second half. So uh, they they were down 1-0. They played uh, a, a squad that included... Alex Iwobi and Moisa Keen, the new signings. They eventually came good, those new signings. But, uh, Digne had to get their opening goal with, with, you know, that incredible left foot of his. Uh, but uh, I, I was concerned about it from Everton's perspective, even though they won. I thought it was a very ragged performance. And, uh, I, I, I I'm concerned about Everton in general. I mean, I just don't don't think they're hitting on all cylinders or anything remotely close to where they need to be, uh, given, their beat at Villa Park, given their payroll and given their expectation. Yeah, yeah, they got beat at Villa Park last week. Yeah, I I I, I don't know what to say here because you know, Everton could come out and and get a one nil win. Wolves coming off a tough two leg tie with Torino in Europe. Um, that that they expended a lot of energy in that. But then Everton just I don't know. There's i still the 1-1. hardest team to get a finger on in this league, right? I mean, I just. You know, this is a really
0: hard one for me to figure. Um, I would probably take a 1 1 draw for this. And I, I, yeah, I'm going to take a 1 1 draw for this. Um, I'm not sold on Everton by a long shot. No, none at all. Uh, let's move no. along. Arsenal, Tottenham, and the Emirates. Uh, this is our last game of the weekend, but it is the biggest one. And once again, has the shortest amount of time for us to get to on it. (laughs) But, uh, um, I also picked a draw for this one. If you remember, Kartik. um, what, I don't know what's going on at Spurs. I mean, the rumor is Pochettino is going to be gone in a week or two and he denies it, but you know, I'm reading his body language. There's something going on there. Daniel Levy, Pochettino have had some sort of falling out and, um, and I, I think it's not boding well. We're just a few seconds left. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think he's. I think he, he, he'll he be gone during the course of the season, whether it's this week or whether it's when the Man United job opens up or the Real Madrid job opens up. Both could open up to, during the course of the season. I think he'll take it this time, even though he's turned down those jobs in the past.
0: You know, interestingly enough, I said something last. When we come back, because we've got to go to break, we just have a couple of minutes to wrap it up. But last time I said, you know, the problem that Spurs have is that they went on a horror they have had a horrible run of Premier League games last 13 games including this season and last season have been terrible everything was building up to moving into the new stadium and getting to the Champions League final and when you move to the stadium and lose the final what's next we'll be right back yeah Because it's your theme song. You know it. And, uh, (laughs) you know, what can I say? All right. Welcome back, Nick and Kartik, with you just a couple of minutes. We're talking about the North London derby, Arsenal, uh, Tottenham. As I said before the break, very quickly, because I want to throw it over to you, Kartik, I think everything that's going on at Spurs right now is mental. The letdown of not winning the Champions League, the letdown of really petering out at the end of last season and eking through into fourth place this year, is highly unlikely they're going to get to the final again this year. Uh, they're not going to win the league. Uh, so what? They can maybe put together a cup run. Meanwhile, they've got Christian Eriksen, who looks unhappy and wants to go somewhere else. They've got a manager who's apparently, re- you know, who's, who's, in, who's showing some really pretty awful body language. Um, you know, doesn't even play Vertonghen. I mean, you know, I I don't know what's going on, Kartik, you tell me.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's going on either. I mean, quite frankly, um, the thing that, that's bugged me, about Spurs is that um, there just seems to be not only the bad body language from Pochettino, not only uh, the Vertonghen situation, uh, but also uh, bringing Erickson off the bench, even though if he's in a shop window, you're going to want to play him. If he's in the wrong frame of mind, you're going to want him to sit him. Instead, he's in between these two things. And then also uh, just the lack of seeming drive the team right. has this year. I mean, even yeah. in that, even in that City game, they gave up 30 shots. They had three in that match. Even though they got a draw on that, the Villa game, they didn't look It's like they, they don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like they don't care anymore. They look like the Walking yeah, Dead, the and works.
0: they shouldn't. I mean, this should be a top-four club. Uh, look, we will find out, and we certainly hope uh, that you will tune in on Monday. Uh, back to the show, for Street Soccer, where we're with you every Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time because you will have had a chance to watch these games and we can talk about them. See how we did with our predictions. Hope you have an absolutely wonderful, wonderful weekend of Premier League football and, and college American football if you want to watch that. In the meantime, as I said, we will be back with you on Monday. Hope you will join us then.
1: Cheers. If you missed something from today's show,
0: you can find it
1: now on Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com.
0: talk a special news and update station you can see.
1: Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. Three, five, seven,
0: nine. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.